Shas Illuminated presents the following shear by Rabbi Avraham Shor. Meseches Megillah has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Yassi Taub, Lezchus Rufur Shalema, Moshe Nachman ben Malka Miriam. Megillah Daf Yud Aleph. One of the introductions mentioned by the Amiroim in our sugya is Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Lazar Pasach La Pischa La Hopash Samehacha. opening to the Megillah was from the following Pasach. It's a Pasach in Koheles, Ba'atzaltayim Yimach HaMekoret. If a person is lazy and doesn't fix his roof when he's supposed to, then in the end, Yimach HaMekoret, the entire ceiling will cave in. And through lowering of the hands, meaning laziness and not doing what needs to be done, which means that the house will begin to leak. The rainwater will come into the house. Because of the laziness that Kala Yisrael had, they were not Oisik in Torah, Meaning that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Kaviyachal, not capable of saving Klai Yisrael. Mach is a Lashen of Oni. Like the Gemara Darshans, Shenemar v'imachu me'er kecha. And Mikara means HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu was not capable Kaviyachal of helping them because they were Nishayvu Kloya. They were destined for destruction. Now where does Rebelezer find a remez to Megillus Esther from this Pasuk? Theoretically, it's possible to use this type of drasha to explain virtually any tzar that Kla Yisrael finds themselves in, because our Avainis caused that a Baruch Hu is in a position where Kaviyachli cannot save us. So perhaps we can take a hint from the unusual usage of the term mach. Usually we refer to a poor person as a dal, an ani. Why over here do we use this terminology? So there is a very interesting hesber that Reb Shimshin Astropolius says to be Mazbir the Medrash Plia about what happened during the time of Megillus Esther. It says over there that Esther asked, Why was it that Klai Yisrael were subject to such a drastic zera to be totally annihilated? They answered her from Shemaim Nasu Yisrael Mach Virosh because Kla Yisrael became Mach and Rosh. Mach is like our Gemara uses the term Yimach Hamikara, which could either mean being lowered or like the Gemara Darshan's Mach is a way of referring to an Ani, and Rosh, of course, also means a poor person. Miyad Pascha Va'amra Keli Keli Loma Azavtani. Immediately Esther said the Kapital Tilim, which we know the Gemara later on attributes to Esther, Keli Keli Loma Azavtani. So what in the world is this Medrash talking about? Explains Reb Shimshon Astropolier that we know that in every Malach there are certain Oisius in his name that come from the shame of Akarish Baruchu, which are Mechaya that Malach. And in the event that those Oisius are removed from the name of that Malach, he loses his Chiyas. Now the one Malach who's always Melitz Toiv for Klai Yisrael is Michoel. Take a look at the Gemara in the Menachas, Tafkuf Yud, and Toysis over there with the Ramaskal Michoel. Now Michoel has within his name three Oisius that come directly from the shame Hashem. The Kale, Aleph Lamed, is from Hashem's name, and there's also the Yud, which comes from the Shem Havaya. If Klal Yisrael behaves in a way that causes these Oisius of Hashem's name not to be mayor, not to shine through, so now Michoel does not have the Chiyos that he usually gets from the Maisim of Klal Yisrael, then he remains without those Oisius Aleph Lamed Yud, and he remains only with the Oisius Mem Chof, which is Oisius Mach. Similarly, the name Yisrael itself has within it the name 
Aleph, Lamed, Yud as well. And when Klai Yisrael do not behave in the way that allows for the Shem Hashem to be a parent through their actions, they're also left without the Shem Hashem. And what's left after taking away Aleph, Lamed, Yud from the name Yisrael is the Oisius Rosh, Reish Shin, which means, like we said, a poor person. So explains Rav Shin Shin that when Esther asked, why were they Nishayvu Kloya? And the response was, because Sinem Shal Yisrael became Mach V'Rosh, what they were telling her was, that Kla Yisrael had behaved in a way, that the Aleph, Lamed Yud, was removed both from the name Yisrael, and from the Malach Michael. Which is why her response was, Keli, Keli, Loma Azavtoni. Says the Sefer Beis Yitzchak, that's how we can understand our Gemara as well. Yimach HaMekare. The Mekare is the protection of Klai Yisrael. Mikhail is the one who is Melitz Yosher on Klai Yisrael. He's like a ceiling, a Mekare, who provides us with all the shelter that we need from the Mekatrigim. And Yimach HaMekare, the Mekare became Mach, because our actions caused that the Shem Hashem be removed from the Malach Mikhail. Now, from our Gemara, it's clear that the main thing that caused this Gzeira was because of Atzal time, because of Atzlus Medivrei Torah. Why is it that Atzlus Medivrei Torah is what caused the Gzeira of Haman? Now, truth be told, this is not the first time that Atzlus Medivrei Torah caused the reaction of Amalek. Chazal tell us on the Pasik in Bishalach, Vayovay Amalek, Vayilochem, in Yisrael Birfidim, the Lashon Refidim, even though it's referring to a place where Amalek came to be Lochem against Klal Yisrael, nevertheless, it's a reference to the idea of Rafu Yudeim Minatoira, which denotes not only a lack of his Askus in Torah, rather a Rifyin Yudayim. Rifyin Yudayim means a laziness. So why is it that Amalek is always the response to Rafa Yudayim and Atoira, both over here and in Parshas Bishalach? So before we answer this question, we have to ask another question. And that is that although it says that Amalek came because there were Rafa Yudayim and Atoira, there is a mashmos the Psukim that there was a totally different reason. Because the Pasuk says, And right afterwards it says, Rashi says over there, I'm constantly amongst you. I'm constantly taking care of your needs. And you have the chutzpah to ask, That's when Amalek comes. And this, of course, works well with what we discussed extensively in Dafyurim Abayz, that Amalek is a response to Klai Yisrael not existing within the world of Hashkacha Pratis, the world of Mikra, of Siba, Mesoiviv, of cause and effect. So the moment Klai Yisrael takes themselves out of the higher Hanhaga, where Hashem runs things directly, then Amalek comes. So that we understand. But then what does that have to do with Rafu Yidehem Min Which one is it? Is it because Ayesh Hashem Bekirbenu Im Ayin? Or is it because Rafu Yidehem Min And the answer to this question will open us up to a whole new dimension of understanding what exactly we mean when we say Ayesh Hashem Bekirbenu and what we mean when we say Rafu Yidehem Min Because in truth, both Ayesha Shembekirbenu im Oyin and being Rafu Yudem and Atoira are rooted in the same Shoirish. Because although it is true that part of the definition of the Taino of Ayesha Shembekirbenu im Oyin is, as we explained, a Kfira in Hashkacha Pratis, that's not the entire picture. Because if that would be the Pshat in Ayesha Shembekirbenu im Oyin, 
then there's something lacking in the choice of words. Hayesh Hashem Bikirbenu. Is Hashem inside of us? It doesn't say, does Hashem go walk amongst us? Rather, Bikirbenu, inside of us. The Lashin Hayesh Hashem Bikirbenu denotes that Klai Yisrael, aside from questioning Hashkacha Pratis of Akarish Baruchu, they were also questioning whether there is a Lakus inside every member of Klal Yisrael. Hayesh Hashem Bekirbenu was a kfira in the chelak elakami mal that each member of Klal Yisrael has. Is there elakus inside of us or not? Now what is the biggest raya that a member of Klal Yisrael has elakus inside of him? How can we prove that a Yid has the shechina inside of himself? There is one area in Yiddishkeit that can prove this more than anything else. And that is as follows. The Ramban writes in his Akdama to Torah that all of Torah is really Shmoisov Shalakarish Baruchu. What he means is that a shame is the Giloi of the Mahus. The name reflects the essence of that thing. And therefore, all of Torah is just reflections of Mitzi'usa Yisbarach, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's existence. HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself through the Torah. Now that is Torah Shebiksav. However, we know that aside from Torah Shebiksav, we are given the opportunity to be Mechadish and add to Torah Shebaal How is that possible? If we are empowered to add to Torah, and Torah is defined as an expression of Hashem's Mitzias, then it must mean that deep inside ourselves we contain Hashem's very essence. And one need not look any further than the bracha that we say after reading the Torah. Asher nasan lonu Torah's emes v'chaye oilam nata b'seichenu. Asher nasan lonu Torah's emes refers to Torah Shabiksav. V'chaye oilam nata b'seichenu is Torah Shabal as the Beis HaLevi says, the Teresh B'Ksav is written on klaf, on parchment, with dioi, ink, and it has its tenoim. And the Teresh Peh is written on the Nishmas Yisrael. So Hayesh Hashem Bekirbenu Im Oyin means not only that they were questioning Hashkacha, it means that they were questioning Hashkacha. But let's not forget, a person is an Oilam Katan. And just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu resides within the world, He also resides within ourselves. Chazal say on the Pasuk, V'asili mikdash v'shachanti b'soy chom. It doesn't say, V'asili mikdash v'shachanti b'soy choy, that I'll reside inside the base of mikdash. Rather, it says, V'asili mikdash v'shachanti b'soy chom, b'soy kol echad ve'echad. So Hayesh Hashem Bekirbenu was Klai Yisrael questioning whether there really is a V'chaye Oilam Nata B'Seichenu. Now we always find whenever Chazal want to describe a Talmud Chacham's capabilities, specifically Legabe Teresh Peh, we refer to Yodayim. For example, the Gemara in Saita and other places when it brings down the story about Yehuda, whose atzamais were megulgalim ba'orein at sha'amad moishu bikeshaleim rachmim. Since Yehuda was mekabel on himself, a nidoy on behalf of Binyamin, he said, to his father, which meant, so he needed Moshe Rabbeinu to be Mavakish Rachmim on him. And each step of the way, Moshe Rabbeinu was Mispal Anut Fila. First he says, Shema Hashem Kol Yehuda. When he saw that he was not being let into the Mesifta Derekia, he says, Bring him to his nation, let him go into the base Medrash, in the Olam Emes. And then it says, 
he was able to enter the Masifta de Rekia, but he didn't have the capability to converse with the Talmud Chachamim in Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu is mispalol yodav ravloi. And Rashi explains that means yehelo'i nitzachin l'riv rivoi. V'haydich siv yodav l'ashen mochamuhu melchamta shal Torah. The Adayim refers to the part of the person that is poil in Olam Hazeh. And there's a chalik of the person's neshama, which is also called his yadayim. And when the Talmud Chacham is successful in discussing a sugya that relates to Olam Hazeh, it's called Yadav Rav Loi. So this is one example in which we find that the adayim are the part of the body that is singled out when discussing the person's relationship to Torah Shabal Peh. Because Torah Shabal Peh is our chalik, is the part that mortals have from Torah, and we're the ones who are poil in this world. With our Yadayim, so Yadayim refers to that Chelek in Torah. So we now understand that Rafu Yudayim Min HaTorah and Hayesh Hashem Bekirbenu Im Oyin is really one and the same. Amalek comes when we question the Elakus that is inside ourselves, which is the translation of the words Hayesh Hashem Bekirbenu Im Oyin, and the way that one does that the most is by being Rafu Yudayim Min HaTorah. And it comes as no surprise that the time of Purim becomes the day of Kabbalah's HaTorah Sheba'al Peh. How do we know that the day of Purim is the day of Kabbalah's HaTorah Sheba'al Peh? Because we all know the Gemara in Shabbos, the Pechesimed Aleph, the Gemara says, Vayisyatzvu v'sachti sahar klal Yisrael by Matan Torah stood underneath the mountain. Amrav Avdimi barchama barchasem mat melamit shekofa hakarish borchu alehem esahar kigigis. HaKadosh Baruch Hu turned the mountain over them, on top of them, like a gigis. A gigis is a receptacle, a large receptacle in which you put beer. And he said to them, If you accept the Torah, fine. Your burial is going to be right here. So you see that Klai Yisrael were forced to be the Kabbal the Torah. The Gemara then continues and says, Mikan this is a very good answer for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Lo'asid Lavoi, when he asks somebody, how come you weren't Mekayim the Torah? He can answer, I was forced. However, says the Gemara, Afal Pikein, Hadar Kiblua Bimei Achashverish. Kala Yisrael later, were Mekabalit Meirotzen, at the time of Achashverish, Dechsiv Kimu V'Kiblu HaYehudim. Kimu Mashikiblu Kvar. The Toysvis over there asks the obvious question, which is that we know that Klai Yisrael already said Nasa Venishma. It sounds like they were Makabal Torah Meirotzen. And the Gemara seems to imply that they were forced into it. The Medrash Tanchuma in Parshas Noyach asks this question and answers very simply. Nasa Venishma was something that related to Torah Shebiksav. But Torah Shabal Peh, Klai Yisrael needed to be forced into. Because Torah Shabal Peh is much more difficult. It requires Yigiya, it requires Memesatz Me'aleh, and sleepless nights. So without being forced into it, they wouldn't have been Mekabalit. Nevertheless, they were later on Mekabalit in Me'ach So you see from the Medrash Tanchuma in Parshas Noyach, that Purim is actually the day of Kabbalah's HaTorah, Me'rotzen of Torah Shabal Peh. And this makes a lot of sense in light of our discussion. Because Amalek only comes to begin with when we question our relationship to Torah Shabal Peh. So the Nitzachan against Amalek resulted in a Kabbalah Satoira anew of Torah Shabal Peh. This fact actually plays itself out as well. Because we all know that when Tesvav, the day of Shushan Purim, falls out to be on Shabbos, 
So we make what's called the Purim Mishulash. The reason why it's called Purim Mishulash is because you celebrate different parts of Purim on each of the three days, on Friday, Shabbos, and Sunday. Now Friday, which is Yudal, is when you lay in the Megillah. That's, of course, when you do Matanas Lavyonim as well. Because Matanas Lavyonim always goes together with Mikra Megillah, as the Gemara says, Enei Aniyim are Nesuais to Mikra Megillah. On Shabbos, we lay in Vayavah Amalek and you say Allah Nisim. But the Suda takes place on Sunday. And that's also when you are Mekai Mishlech Moniz. Now the Ran brings down in Yushalmi to explain why it is that we don't make the Suda's Purim on Shabbos. After all, any Yomtif that falls out on Shabbos, you make the Suda's Yomtif on Shabbos as well. So the Yerushalmi says, V'yasu Oysam B'Shabbos, Amar Lei, Lasois Oysam Yemei Mishta V'Simcha Ksiv. It says, Lasois Oysam Yemei Mishta V'Simcha, Es Shesimchasoi Teluya B'Bezdin. We need that the Simcha should be totally on Bezdin. Yotzaz Es Shesimchasoi Teluya B'Dei Shamayim. The Simcha of Shabbos is Tluya B'Dei Shamayim. The Simcha of Shabbos Eino Mitakonas Mordechai. Shesimchasoi B'Dei Shamayim He. Now, why do we care that it's Simcha is Bidei Shamayim as opposed to Bidei Adam? The answer is because the whole celebration of Purim is a celebration of Torah Shabal Peh, which is us, which is about human creativity, about Bezdim being able to implement Dinim and being Mesach and Takonis. It's Mitakonis Mordechai, and it's the Chalik that Shaykh to Klal Yisrael, not something that comes Mila'ela from Akarish Borchu. Now, it's this special getlachkeit, this special godliness that the Jew has that gives Amalek no rest whatsoever. Amalek cannot live with the fact that Klal Yisrael has Teresh Peh or that Klal Yisrael has any level of Kedusha. And this is why we find that Amalek has a special hisnagdus, a special opposition to the Indian of Mila. It says in the Parsha that we read, Parsha Zohar, Vayizanev b'cho kol anachshalom acharecha, Vayizanev is Lashen Zonov, because Amalek took Milo Sehen v'zarkan klapei mala, he took the Milois of Kla Yisrael and threw them upward and said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Tul Masha take back the people that you were boicher. We don't need your emissaries on this world. Because since Amalek is interested in this world running with the system that we described on Dafyurama Beis of Siba Mesoivev, the system that's devoid of Ashkacha Pratis, the system that's called Mikra, the last thing that they would want is the emissaries of Akarash Baruch Hu to be living in this world and to bring Kedusha in this world and to bring Elakus into this world. Because they don't want this world to be run by Elakus Kaviyochel. And this is the Oymik of the Pasuk that it says in the end of Parshas Bishalach, in the Parsha of Ayavay Amalek, that describes the way the world looks, calls man, that Amalek is still around. Because the Pasuk says, Vayoymer ki yod al keis ka milcham al Hashem ba'amalek midar dar. Rashi says, ki yod al keis ka. Hashem is lifting up his hand to swear by his chair. But why does it say case and not kise? Rashi says, Ma'u case floy nemar kise. Va'af Hashem nechlek lechetzi. It doesn't say ki yod al case yud ke vav ke. It says al case ka. Says Rashi, Nishba Kodesh Baruch Hu, She'ein Shmoy Sholem, Ve'ein Kisoy Sholem, Ad she'yimoche Shmoy Shal Amolek Kuloi. The Aleph is missing from the word Kisei and the Vav K is missing from the word Yud K Vav K because Hashem's Kisei is not complete and His name Kaviyochel is not complete until you get rid of Amalek. What does this mean? Exactly what we were describing before because the name of Akarash Baruch is the Giloi of His Metzias. And Kolzman, Amalek are in the world. They do not allow for Klal Yisrael to activate the second half of the Shem Havaya. 
The Shem Havaya has two parts. Yud K always symbolizes the higher part of the Shem Havaya. The Vav is the Ois HaChibur, which is Mechaber, the higher part of the Shem Havaya to the lower part, which symbolizes the connection of the higher parts of the Bria to this lowly world. Whenever we say the words L'Shem Yichud Kudsha Berichu Ushchinte, the Zayar Kodesh says that Knesset Yisrael is called the Shechina. Knesset Yisrael is Klal Yisrael who are put on this world to bring Giloi Malchusi Yisbarach into the world. And as such, they are the second half of the Shem Havaya. That is what we mean when we say L'Yachda Shem Yudke Bevavke. The Yichud, the bringing together of the two parts of the Shem Havaya means that there are no two worlds, the higher world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzin and the lower world where things run on their own. Because ultimately we know that Hashem Hu Hu Eleikim, Eleikim which is Begematria HaTeva, the world which looks like it runs on its own, and Havaya is all one and the same. La'asid Lavai, everything is going to be clear. We're going to see how HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs everything. And the Elikus within Kalal Yisrael is going to be apparent. The Vilna Goyen says that that's what it means when the Pasuk says, Kivachra Hashem B'Tziyayin, Iva L'Moishavloi. When Hashem will be Boicher B'Tziyayin, when we're going to have the Binyan Abayis, Iva, Iva is the Aleph from the Kisei, which is not Shalem, and the Vav K is the second part of the word Iva, L'Moishavloi. The Vav K from the Meshem Havaya and the Aleph from the Kisei are going to be settled. They're going to be in the proper place. Amalek is Begematria Suffolk. Amalek brings us to question everything. A question Alakusi is Barach, question Hashgacha, and question our own value. This is also one reason that we can give to explain why it is that one of the antidotes to protect us from the Xeris Haman, the Gemara says later, was Machsis Hashekel. It says that Haman tried to give Naser Salaf from Kikar Kesef, Eshkelai De Oise he paid off Achashverish to annihilate the Jewish people, and Akarish Baruch Hu says, my children already gave shkolim. Now why is it that machsis ha-shekel is the thing that protects us against the gzera of Haman? The answer is because the idea of the machsis ha-shekel symbolizes the fact that we are the second half of the Shem Havaya. Machsis is a half. We are in a partnership with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this Bria. And since this is Gufa, what Haman was coming to fight, our Machz HaShekel acted as the protection from his Gzeira. We see this in the Yoytzer L'Parsha Shkolem, because the Python says, Shmoy Meshutaf Ba'am Lo'yamusim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's shame is Meshutaf within Klal Yisrael. He is our partner, and we carry the second half of his name. That's what we're doing in this Bria. You'll notice an interesting thing. Purim and Pesach come right next to each other. And like Rashi says, Mishinichus Adar Marben Besimcha, Rashi explains that we're Marben Besimcha because of Purim and Pesach. And there's really one long season that begins, what ushers in the season is Parsha Shkolim. We read Parsha Shkolim in the beginning of the season. And the climax of the season comes at the end of Pesach when we read about Kriyas Yamsuf. The Medrash tells us that the Yamsuf split bischus the Beka Lagul The Lushen that's used when it talks about the Yam splitting is Vayivoku Hamoyim. The Mayim split. Beka means the half shekel. And as the Balaturim says, Vayelach Hashem Beruach Kadim Aza Kalalail. When it talks about the wind that blew the entire night that brought about Kriyas Yamsuf, Beruach Kadim Aza is Rasha Teves Beka. So not only does the season get ushered in with the Shkalim and ends with Kriyas Yamsuf, it seems that Kriyas Yamsuf has its roots as well in the Bekalogal Golgolis, in Machtes HaShekel. Why is that? 
The answer can be found in the Medrash Rabbah in Parshas Lech Lecha when talking about Kriyas Yamsov. But first, let's ask a question. We all know that all of the stages of the Shibud Mitzrayim and the Geul of Mitzrayim were foreshadowed in the Brisbane Absarim. As Rashi tells us there, when it says, Each step, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is telling Avram Avinu about certain parts of the Shibud Mitzrayim, and the Dona Noichi refers to the Eser Makis, everything is spoken out during the Brisbane Absarim. The one thing that seems to be absent from the Brisbane Absarim is Kriyas Yamsuf. And since we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Meramiz to Avram Avinu, everything that was going to happen during that period, where is it that we find the remez to Kriyas Yamsuf in the Brisbane Absarim? The answer, and this is alluded to in the Medrash Rab over there, in Parshas Lech Lecha, is that the Brisbane Absarim itself was, as Rashi explains over there, the derech of Kursei Bris. When people go into a partnership with each other, what they used to do is take something and cut it in half and walk in between the two halves, which was a way to symbolize that you and I are partners with each other. We're two halves of the same whole. And the Pasuk says over there, which according to some of the Mepharshim means that the Shechina was passing through. And that's where the very next Pasuk is. Because this was the Krisas Bris, the creation of that partnership. And it wasn't until Krias Yamsuf, when Kla Yisrael did the same exact thing, they passed Bain Hagzorim Ha'ela. Amaver Bonav Ben Gizer Yamsuf, Legizer Yamsuf Legzorim, the same word that is used by the Brisbane Absarim to describe the pieces that were cut in half to symbolize the partnership between Hashem and Avram is used to describe the two parts of the Yam that split so that Klayisrol could walk through. And that is what the Medrash says, that the walking between the Gizre Yamsuf is the reenactment of the Brisbane Absarim itself. That's why it doesn't come as a surprise that Chazal tell us that Legoizer Yamsuf Legzorim Altikrid Legzorim El Legoizrim that Hakadosh Baruch split the Yamsuf for those people that were mal themselves. Goizrim means those that were Goizer that they cut themselves, meaning that they perform mitzvahs Mila. Because, like we said, Mila is the same partnership between us and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It chose the kedusha of each individual of Klal Yisrael, and therefore we were worthy to go and be Koiris Bris with Hakadosh Baruch Hu and be the reenactment of the Brisbane Absarim itself. So now it's very easy to understand the connection between the Machzah Shekel, why it says that Beruach Kodim Azah is Rosh Tevis Beka, why it is that Vayivoku Hamoyim Beschus the Machzah Shekel, because the Machzah Shekel is the same exact concept. It's the fact that we are the partners. We're the second half of the Shem Havaya. We are those that are worthy of being Kairis Bris with a Karish Baruchu. This is the reason that during Kriyas Yamsuf we say Zekeli Ve'anvehu, which Chazal tell us Ve'anvehu Ani Vahu. It's me and him. And this is the reason why the parish of Kabbalah Satoira, which we already explained that the whole idea of our Kabbalah Satoira is the greatest expression of the partnership that we have with the Kurdish Baruch Hu. And the parish of Kabbalah Satoira, which is Yisroi, opens up with Vayishma Yisroi, Ma Shmua Shama Uba, what Shmua did Yisroi hear? Rashi tells us Kriyas Yamsuf Umuchemis Amalek. When you know these two things, you know about Kriyas Yamsuf, the ultimate expression of the partnership between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisroi, and Melchemes Amalek, which is getting rid of the main force that's there to hold back that partnership, then you're ready to approach Kabbalah Satoira. 
So now we have a whole new appreciation of our Gemara, which says, the Bishvil Atlas, Shahil Hemli Yisroshli Osku, Batoira, Nasa Sonishala Karish Borhu Moch. Because we explained that the, when we say that was Nasa Sonishala Karish Borhu Moch, what that means is that the Oisius of Hashem's name was removed from us, it was removed from the Malach Michael, and this is all because the Atlas, Shahil Hemli Yisroshli Osku Batoira. Since the reason why one is nisatzel and not oisik b'toyre is because they're not aware and they're not willing to recognize the shame of Hakadosh Baruch Hu that they have inside of them, the fact that they are the second half of Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself, the zekeli va'anvehu ani v'hu v'chaye olam nata b'seichenu. All of this is what brings about that nasesh soinus Hakadosh Baruch Hu moch. Based on all this background, we can try and understand another obscure Gemara on this daf. Because one of the pirushim that the Gemara gives in the name Achashverish, the Gemara says, Zeshmuel Amr Shehushcheru Peneim Shal Yisrael B'yom of Geshulei Kedera. The faces of Kala Yisrael became black in his days like the bottom of a pot. And one wonders, why does the Gemara use the metaphor of a bottom of a pot? There are many things that are black. So perhaps we could say as follows. The Gemara later tells us that Shaolu Talmidav Esab Shirim Ben Yechai and Dafyud Beizimer Aleph. But the man is chayvu seinem shal Yisroel sheba oisay hador kloya. Why were those the people in that generation mechuyev to be destroyed? Amr lahem imratem. He said you should say. Amr loim apneishen nehenu misudas shal oisay Russia. Because they were nene from the Suda of Achashverish. Amr lehem, Sir Bishim ben Yechai answered, Imkain shebeshushen yehargu, shebecholoyalim kulei al yehargu. So they should have only killed the ones that were in Shushan. Amr loi emar ata. So then you should say the pshat. Amr lehem, Ipnei sheishtachavu letzelem. Because they bowed down to the idol in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. And the obvious question is that Bishlam of the Chet of being Nenemi Sudosish we can understand that that has a Shaykhus to that Dar. That Dar was the one that was Nene from the Sud of Achashverish, and therefore they deserved a punishment. But bowing down to the idol in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, why didn't Hashem punish them then? Why did he wait until the days of Haman to punish them? Clearly, you see that there was a Siba. To destroy Kla Yisrael already at the time of Nebuchadnezzar. And there must have been some sort of mania, something holding back that punishment from being carried out. And only in the days of Achashverish did that mania go away. And therefore Kla Yisrael were Nishaivu Kloya. What was it that was holding back their punishment from being carried out in the time of Nebuchadnezzar? Based on everything we see in our Gemara, we could say that Kolzman, that they still were not being this Atzel, the Torah was capable of protecting them from the Oynish that they were supposed to get due to their bowing down to the Tzelem. As the Gemara says in Saita in the third parak, Torah has the ability to be Megan Umatzel. Even if a person deserves an Oynish for a Chet, Torah protects him. Now, it's important to understand how this works. What does it mean that Torah protects you if you're supposed to get an Oynish? So if you take a look at the Maral, the Nesiv HaToyra, you'll see that he explains that Torah has the capacity to restore the proper equilibrium that a person is supposed to have. Refua is one of the things that we find that Torah generates. The Maral brings down the Gemara that says, And the Maral explains that the Hezber in that is, that any Choyli is really a deviation from the way that things are supposed to be, the proper Seder of things. 
Torah restores things to their proper seder. Since the panemius of the Hanhaga of the entire Bria is the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mistakel by Raisa Ubara Alma, created the world based on looking into the Torah. So if one finds a situation in which things are not running according to the proper Seder, the way to rectify things is Al Yudei the Torah. Now very often we find that an Oynish that Klai Yisrael is supposed to have comes because things are moved over to a specific extreme. For example, one of the introductions mentioned in our Gemara to the Megillah is here, Kavta Enoish Loresheinu Bono Ve'esh Uvamayim Ba'esh B'mei Nebuchad Netzer HaRasha Uvamayim B'mei Paroi Ba'tetzienu L'Rvoya B'mei Homon What this means, says the Maral, is that in Nebuchad Netzer's time, things were brought to an unhealthy extreme based on the Yesoid HaEsh. The world is created, says the Rambam, from four Yesoidists, Afar, Esh, Ruach, and Mayim. Esh is a certain midah that was operative during the time of Nebuchadnezzar, and you always find that Esh goes along with Avedizara. Part of the reason for this is because Esh always is looking to go upward. It has to do with the chuka that the Bria has to reach to something higher, which is what gives birth to the Yetzahara for Avedizara. And that's why you find in the parsha of Averizara the idea of being Maver Benoyu Bitei Ba'esh and Nebuchadnezzar who burned the Beis Hamikdash Ba'esh and forced Chanani Mishol Vazaya to jump into the Kivshana Ba'esh stood for this Yetzahara Adam Elyon. That's a lashon that Nebuchadnezzar himself used. Mayim, on the other hand, symbolizes the Yetzahara of Taiva. Mayim is called, says the Maral, Choymer Belitzura. It takes the shape of its container. It's pure matter without having its own shape. And that is the idea of Chomrius. Bimei Paroi, they were subject to the clip of Mitzrayim, which is Arias. And, says the Maral, Yisrael is from the Lushen of Yosher. Yisrael has the perfect balance. We find that during Golos Mitzrayim, when HaKadosh Baruch was Megala himself to Moshe Rabbeinu, since Mitzrayim was the Klippa of Arias, so the Geula came about through HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealing himself in a sneh, a burning bush. Because to offset the Yesod HaMayim, you need to have the Yesod HaEsh. Similarly, in order to offset the Klippa of Nebuchadnezzar, what was necessary was the Yesod HaMayim. Torah is nimshal to both. It's nimshal to Eish and it's nimshal to Mayim. When Hashem revealed himself by the sneh, he revealed himself as the Noisen Torah, it says over there, Tavdan Salakim Al Hohar Hazeh. What he was saying was that Torah has the ability through the fire of Torah to offset the Yetzahara of Taiva. At the same time, when there's a Yetzahara of Avadizara, you can offset that with the Mayim of Torah. Torah is Nimshal Mayim as well. So the reason why Klayasar were not punished during the days of Nebuchadnezzar, although they were Shtachvul Itzelim, is because the Torah held back the Yesod HaEsh, from operating entirely. When it came, the days of Haman, and it says in our Gemara, that they were Nis'atzlu, from being Oisik B'Toyra, then it was already Nis'oyrer, what was supposed to happen already at the time of Ruchad Netzar. And now we can understand the metaphor that our Gemara uses. Because what is it that causes a pot to get black on the bottom? It's a well-known fact that when you have Esh underneath the pot, and there is no Mayim inside the pot, that's when it turns black on the bottom. So the reason why it says, Shehushkru Peneim, Shosani Yisrael Keshulei Kedeira, during the time of Achashverish, is because there was Esh, that from the time of Nebuchadnezzar had been balanced by Mayim, which is Torah, 
And since they were in Atzlum, in the very Torah, at the time of Achashverosh, they remained without what caused the balance up until that point from the Yisoyed Ha'esh that was in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. So in the time of Achashverosh, it was Hushchru Paneim Keshulei Kedeira. One of the openings of the Megillah that's listed in our Gemara is Rav Master. Rav Master Amar Mehacha, Kimi Goy Godol, Asher Loi Eloikim Korevim Elov. Who is a great nation like Klal Yisrael that Hashem is so close to them? And the end of the Pasuk, of course, is And Hashem is close to us as we see from the fact that whenever we call out to Him, He listens. Now, it would seem that the Rambam paskins like Rav Masna because in the Sefer HaMitzvah's La Rambam, after the Rambam is finished being Moina, all the Tafresh Yud Gimel Mitzvahs, the Rambam finishes off by saying, And after that, the Rambam introduces a category of mitzvahs, which are not dairaise. There were other mitzvahs that were nischadish after matan Torah. And he explains how those mitzvahs we have to keep. Like it says, You have to listen to dinim that Chachamim introduce. And the Rambam goes to explain what the difference between a Hisafa, being over the Isser of Loisei Sifu, and a introduction of a new din that Chachamim are allowed to do. And the main difference the Rambam says is, Shalai Amru Shakarish Barchu Tziva Lasis Erev, a Likris Megillah Ba'inosa. It's not as if the Rabbana came along and said that Hashem said that you have to lay in the Megillah. The Rachamim said that you have to lay in the Megillah. If they would have said that it was Hashem who told us to lay in the Megillah, then that would be called being Moisif Allah Torah. Elakach Onu Aimrim, Shanavim, Imbezdan Tiknum. Vitzivu Likris Hamigillah Ba'inosa, Kidei Lahazkir Shvachov Shalakarish Barhu, Utishuais Shaasalanu. They commanded us to read the Megillah in its time, in order to be maskir the Shvachov Shalakarish Barhu, the praise of Hashem, Utishuais, and the deliverance, the salvation that Hashem did for us, Vahoya Koroiv Lushavasenu, and he was close to our Shavah, to our crying. He listened to us. Kidei Lavarchoi Ulahalai Uk. To praise Hashem, to thank Him, and to let known to the coming generations that that which the Torah promised us is true. What was it that the Torah promised us? He says, This Pasuk that we learn in our Gemara. That there is no greater nation than Klal Yisrael, Asher Loi Eleikim Kroivim Elov, that they have Hashem close to them, Hashem Eleikeinu Bechol Kareinu Elov. And this is actually something that we say in the Nusach of Shoshanis Yaakov. We say, Lohidia, Shekol Kaivecha, Loyevoishuv, Loyikomula Netzach, Kolachoisimbach. So the message of Mikr Megillah is that when Klal Yisrael calls out to Hashem, he'll save them from their tsaras. One of the topics discussed in our Gemara is the fact that Achashverosh ruled over 127 Medinas. There's a famous Medrash Rabbah in the beginning of Parshish Chayisara, Rabbi Kiva He was sitting in Darshaning in front of his Talmidim, Vatsibar Misnamnim. He saw that his Talmidim started to doze off. Bikesh Lo'irun, he wanted to wake them up. Amar, he said, Marasa Esther. What was it that Esther saw? Shetimloich al Kufchav Zayin Medina. That she decided to rule over 127 Medinas. Ella, Tavay Esther, Shehoisa Basbita Shalsara, 
Let Esther come. She was the granddaughter of Sarah Shechoisa Kuf Chavzayin Shana Vesimloich Al Kuf Chavzayin Medinos. Sarah Imenu lived 127 years, and so Esther, who was her offspring, should come and rule over to 127 Medinas. And obviously, it is very difficult to understand the connection between the two. Even though Rabbi Kiva was using it to wake his Talmidim up, there has to be some sort of connection between these two in Yonim. So many answers have been given to this question. Let's offer the following. If you take a look at Rashi over there in the beginning of Chai Yisara, Rashi says, The reason why it says, Just like when she was 20, she was without Chet. Also, when she was a hundred, she was without chet. All her years were equal l'toiva. Now, what exactly does this mean? It can't mean that Sarah Imenu was never, throughout her entire life, nichshel in chet, because we know, the Gemara says that there were only... Four people that were mez bet yishal nachash, four people that were never choyte, and Sarah Imenu was not one of them. So what do we mean when we say kulon shavin l'toiva? So it would seem that the Chazal are being megala to us a very important yisoid about Sarah Imenu, and it's in general a very important yisoid in Avodis Hashem. And that is as follows. There is a certain klipa, a certain negative force in the Bria, which, according to the Yalkut in Parshas Bishalach, is one of the aspects of Amalek. And that is, like the Gemara says in Brochus, The Yetzara is similar to a fly. The Yalkut says over there in Parshas Bishalach that Amalek Amalek is similar to a fly. The reason that Amalek is similar to a fly is because whenever a person has a maka, some sort of petza, a bruise, the fly likes to come if it sees blood. If there's lichluch, the fly will be attracted to it. And by Amalek, we find that they're attracted to those that have fallen. It says that the ones that was Poltan Ananiya covered, the people that were, because of their sins, were spit out from inside the Ananiya covered, Amalek were capable of fighting against them. And that's why the Balaturim, when it talks about Amalek, in the Pasuk over there, it says, K'soif zois zikarin basefer v'sim ba'azni Yeshua. The Balaturim says that the words, zikarin basefer v'sim ba'azni, arashi tevis zvuv. Because zvuv will leave the rest of the parts of the body and just go to that place where there is some sort of lichluch, some sort of dirt or blood and be malakik. And as a matter of fact, the word amalek, it says in the Sfarim, comes from a Lashen to be malakik, to lap up. Now the Gemara over there in Brachis, when it compares the Yetzirah to the Zvuv, it brings a Pasuk in Kehela, Zvuve Moves Yavish Yabi Hashem Rekech. And the Klayakar on that Pasuk explains that the idea of the Zvuv is to look at everything by Ayin Ra, to find the bad in everything. Now the Ovis were misgaber over this Midah called Zvuv, which is why we find Vavram Vesara Zikainim Boim Bayamim is Roshetevis Zvuv, the words of Avram Zakein Babayam also a Rashatevis Zvuv because they were misgaber over this Midah. Even if they had Nephilus, like we said, they were human. It wasn't possible for them to always be perfect. 
the difference between them and others was the fact that kulan shavin letoiva, which means that their alias and their yuridis, their good days and their bad days, everything was used letoiva. They were able to grow from all their experiences. The opposite of the zvuv. The zvuv sees a little bit and gets you down. Because the Yitzhahara, who the Zvuv is doimitu, tries to define the person based on his nefilas. And those that are misgaber over the clip of Zvuv live the opposite. They understand that even when something does happen, it's there in order for the person to grow. So that's what Kulon Shavan Lutoiva means. And that is the parallel that Rabbi Kiva was drawing between Esther and Sarah. Sarah lived 127 years, which is Miramis to the Inyan of Kulon Shavan Latoiva, as Rashi Darshan's over there. And since Esther came from Sarah, she was capable of fighting Amalek and ultimately ruling over the 127 Medinas Bimei Achashverish. The Gemara mentions Tan and Shlosha Molchu Bekipa. There were three people that ruled over all of civilization. In the Sefer Ben Yehoyada, he asks, what's the point of this Gemara? What is the Gemara trying to teach us? Whatever happened already happened. It's not like it has any bearing on our lives now. If these people would have been tzaddikim, then we can understand that the Torah wants to explain to us the covet that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives La'isi Ritzaynoi. But Achav was an Oved Avarizara, like it says in the Pesukim and Malachim. Nebuchadnezzar and Achashverish were Rishoyim Gemurim. So these weren't Sadiqim. So what exactly does the Gemara want to teach us? Says the Ben Yayada that Chazal want to teach us the schar that these three people had for certain good things that they did. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Davkuf Beis says, Mepnei Mazocha Achav, Lemalchus Eser Mushtayim Shana, why was Achav Zoycha to Malchus for 22 years? Because he would mechabed the Torah which was given with 22 Oisius. The Gemara over there brings the Psukim showing that Achav was unwilling to give up the Sefer Torah because he didn't want to be mezalzal in the Sefer Torah. Ben Haddad, Melech Aram wanted Kaspe Vizov, Noshev, Bonav HaToivim, and Achav was prepared to give them to him. But it says, necha, the Sefer Torah he wasn't willing to give. So the fact that it was Moser Nefesh, the Gol Mochama, because of the Kavarat Torah, therefore he was Zoycha to be Moelech Bekipa. Lugabe Nebuchadnezzar, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Sadiq Vav Medalef, explains that Balad and the Melech Bovel sent a letter to Chizkiyahu, and in the letter he addresses Chizkiyahu before Hashem, before Elok Araba. And the Shliach went and took the letter. Nebuchadnezzar, who was the Seifra Melech, but he wasn't there when it was written, and he heard how they were Makdim, the king, to Hashem, he ran after the Shliach and made him change the letter. Now, even though he only ran four steps, but because of these four steps, he was Zoycha to be Melech Bekipa. So these two, the, the Gemara wants to teach us that because of the special deeds that they did, they were Zoych Dibayot Bekipa. Achashverish says the Ben Yayada, the Gemara wants to teach us the greatness of the Zchus of being Dovak to Tzadikim. Because the only reason why Achashverish was Zoych to this coven was Bizchus that the Asid, he was going to be Dovak to Esther. 
And he brings down the medrash that we mentioned earlier from Parshas Chayisara, the Marasa Esther Shetimlech, Al Sheva, Esther Mumea Medina, is because she was the Basbita Shalsara. So you see that the fact that Achashverish ruled over 127 Medinas was only a product of the fact that Esther ruled over 127 Medinas. Meaning that his rule was only a result of the fact that he was later going to be Dovak to Esther, and Esther was meant to rule over these 127 Medinas because she was Basbita Shalsara Imenu. Rabbi Yochanan is one of the Amiroim that brings a Pesach for the Megillah that's listed in our Gemara. And he says as follows. He says, When was it that everybody in the world saw Yeshua Selekeinu? We made Mordechai Esther. In the Sefer, Meshiloyach, he says a pshat in the Pasuk in Tilim, in Perak Ayin Zayin, Ata hakel oisei pele, ohidata ba'amem uzecha, and he explains that all the nisim that Hashem does for Klal Yisrael, like Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsef, all the Mohammes, things that are shaloi kederech ha those things are called pele. Pele means that it's a wonder. It makes no sense, it's a deviation from the Sidri HaTeva. And he explains that because of this, you cannot use the Lushan Re'iya. Re'iya is sight when discussing these Nisim. Because after the Nase is over, the world remains the same place. It's not as if once the Nase is finished, one can see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hanhaga. You can only remember or hear about the fact that Hashem did the Nase. Lushan Shmua is Shaykh with these Nisim. Re'iya is something that you see in front of your eyes. Shmua is something that you hear over about something that was done. So all that really remains from Nisim that leave Teva is the Shmia. The Shmia says Naim, that which our ears hear. We hear now that there was a Pella then. However, the Nase that was done, Bimei Mordechai Esther, that Nase in a sense was greater because it showed that Karish Baruch Hu runs the Teva itself. And everything that he does in the Bria is really Lutavis Yisrael. Because the Nase, Bimei Mordechai Esther, seemed to have been Kederech Teva. And that's why, with regards to the nace that happened to be made Mordechai Esther, you can use the Lushen of Ro'u kol Afsi Aretz, Eishu Because this nace is Shayach to the Inyan of Re'iya. After the nace is done, then one can look into the Bria and see that Hashem is the one who's running the Bria. This is probably the Pshat in the Gemara, in the third parak in Yuma as well. The Gemara says, Lam Natseach HaShachar, referring to Esther, that she is Doime to Ayelas HaShachar. The Gemara explains that just like the Shachar is the end of the Lila, so too Esther is the end of all the Nisim. And the question is asked, why would you compare Esther to the end of the night? It sounds like you're saying that Nisim are Doime to the night, and therefore Esther was Soif Kala Nisim is the end of the night. Why are Nisim like the night? If anything, you would think that Nisim is when Hashem is Megala himself. It's like the day. The answer is, like the Meish Shiloich is saying, that the Nisim do not light up the world. It's, they don't give you the chance to see things better. They give you the ability to hear over the fact that Hashem did things that were great. But when you now look into the Bria, you see darkness. Esther is soif kolanisim because it brought an end to that night. Because now we could look in the Bria b'mizboinen and see Hashem's hanhaga even in the Teva. You have been listening to the Shiurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the Daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a Daf or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org 
or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.